here. I'm glad that I'm here this morning. I don't know about you. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad there's something inside of me this morning that wants to be here. Now, I'll be honest. Uh, this stuff right here did not want to be here today, all right? I had to wake my flesh up after three times hitting snooze on my phone. I sleep with my phone under my pillow in case there's an emergency, and that's my alarm clock, and it went off this morning, and I snoozed it, and I snoozed it, and I snoozed it. This stuff did not want to be in here this morning, but I'll tell you, I really do enjoy making the devil mad, and so I decided I was going to make the devil mad by coming to church this morning, and obviously you're here, so you made the devil mad too, and I hope you'll make plans to make him mad tonight about 5 o'clock. Isn't that neat how we slip that in there? Lamentations chapter number 5. Quick commercial, Lamentations chapter number five. Uh, at the conclusion of the service, Brother Nate will go over a little bit more of this, but we have our week of renewal coming up very soon in November. It's going to be a week-long uh, time of renewal and revival here at our church. Uh, the ushers will have these correct at the back. Uh, Brother Nate will go over that with you here in just a few minutes when we finish the service. I want you to make plans to be here for that. Uh, unless there is something life-altering that you cannot change, I want to encourage you to be here for that week of renewal. We have something for the entire family, the entire church, our young people as well, and looking forward to that. Lamentations chapter number five. Let's stand together this morning as we conclude something we've been doing on Wednesday nights. Uh, ever since the beginning of the year, we've been going through the book of Lamentations, looking at lessons in Lamentations. And Wednesday night, I told you we were going to cover the last lesson on a Wednesday night and conclude the book of Lamentations with our theme verse for 2021 on Sunday morning. So we're going to finish the book of Lamentations today. Look down, if you will, Lamentations chapter number 5 and verse number 20. The Bible says, Wherefore dost thou forget us forever? And forsake us so long time. Our theme verse for 2021, it's been verse 21. The Bible says, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Here it comes, renew our days as of old. But thou hast utterly rejected us. Thou art very wroth against us. Look at verse 21 before we pray again. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned Renew our days as of old. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us today. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for the story that we can tell for those of us that are saved. And thank you, Lord, for the story that we can share with those that are not. And I pray, Lord, there's one here today who don't have the story that Jesus is their Savior and heaven's their home, that today would be the day that they make that story their own by receiving Christ as their Savior. Now, Lord, I pray you'd help us today out of the book of Lamentations. Lord, it's been, uh, Lord, such an eye-opening book throughout this year of seeing the people that are living in times just like we're living through. Now, Lord, help us learn from that today. Help us receive it, respond to it. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> In the beginning of 2021, we began looking at these lessons and lamentations on Wednesday night, and uh, the book of Lamentations is a true story. Uh, sometimes I think we read the Word of God, and uh, because we're so far removed from it, several thousands of years removed from this account, that it almost becomes somewhat of a fable to us. Uh, it almost becomes just that, a story to us. But these are real people uh, that have the same temptations that you and I have. And they had the same opportunities that you and I have, and yet we read a book for the book of Lamentations. If you haven't been with us for that, I encourage you, go back to read it, because these are true stories of true people that, just like us, 
had opportunities to worship God and honor God, and yet they rebelled and uh, refused to repent, and now they are living with the rejection of God that they have sown uh, in rejecting him. Now he has rejected them. When we look at the book of Lamentations, we see that it outlines a catastrophe uh, in the lives of God's people because they refuse to acknowledge him and honor him with their life. Now, the reason God gave us this is because, as we've stated so many times on Wednesday night, God wants us to see what happened in their life so that we could learn from them. The book of Lamentations is exactly what it says it is. It's a book of lamentations. People are lamenting. People are crying. This is literally the eulogy for a city. Now, God wants us to learn from this today so that we don't have to repeat it. And I'm not going to go through all of them. I looked at the list this morning. Uh, we looked at the lesson of loneliness, how without God there is uh, eternal loneliness. The lesson of lowliness, that without God that we are ultimately brought low. We looked at the lesson of lacking, how without God we are constantly going to be lacking the things that we need. The lesson of limitations, how we will always be limited in our power uh, and opportunity when we turn our backs on God. And on and on we could go with all the lessons we've looked at in Lamentations, but the burden was to get to verse 21, where our theme verse for this year comes from. It says, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. You look around the room this morning and you see our theme for this year is renewal, praying that after a difficult year of 2020 that God would renew our calling, our character, and our commitment. And I don't know about you, but I believe that's something all of us need this morning. But here's our problem. Like all of the lessons we've looked at here this morning and like any lesson that you have in life, they are ultimately worthless if we refuse to live them, all right? Uh, growing up, mom and dad taught us a lot of things. Grandma and grandpa taught us a lot of things. Sunday school teachers, uh, maybe at school we were taught a lot of lessons, but they are useless to us if ultimately we do not live them out. Now, one thing we're good at here uh, in, in the church uh, around the world is we're good at learning and we're good at listening, but oftentimes we're not good at practicing or living out the things that we've learned. I read an interesting story two or three weeks ago about Elizabeth Elliot. We know her husband, Jim Elliot, the martyr to the Alcan Indians in Ecuador. Wonderful story. Uh, if you've ever uh, seen the movie or read the book, Tip of the Spear, it's about the life of Jim Elliot. And she recounted a story of when her and her brother Tom were children, uh, they would make toys out of paper bags. Uh, you know, back then in those days, kids were amused a lot easier than they are today, you know. Just give them a paper bag and some googly eyes, you know, and they would glue it to it with pipe cleaners and have a hand puppet, and they would play with them there in the kitchen floor. And the story she recounted was they were sitting there playing with them in the floor, and the rule from their mother was uh, she doesn't mind them playing with them in the floor as long as they pick them up when they were done. And most of the time, they would. The story goes on one particular day, her dad came in the room, and her dad was a pianist, and began playing Jesus Loves Me, and her younger brother Tom wanted to get up and uh, sing the song with their dad, and so instead of picking up the bags off the floor, he left the mess in the floor and went into the living room and began to sing with his dad, Jesus Loves Me, which obviously is a good thing. His mother walked into the room, and she says, I thought I told you that you two could play with these things as long as you picked them up after you made a mess. And uh, the son says, Mom, I can't do that right now. I'm busy singing praise, and I'm busy singing Jesus Loves Me. And here was the quote from her mother. She says, It's no good singing God's praise as long as you're being disobedient. 
Now, isn't that something we're all guilty of this morning? We love to talk about it. We love to sing about it. We love to listen to it, and we love listening to other people sing about it, but we're guilty when it comes to actually living out the things that we've learned. Now, folks, we've learned a lot of lessons in the book of Lamentations, but can I tell you this morning just flat out, it's going to do us no good if we don't learn to live out the lessons that are in Lamentations. We're going to relive the punishment that they relived if we don't get to the place where we start living out what God's called us to live. In the book of Lamentations, we read about it this morning, the catastrophe in here is not because they didn't know. The catastrophe is they didn't do. Now, folks, this morning, we're not suffering in America this morning because we don't know what to do. Listen, we were born and raised, most of us, in the Bible Belt. We grew up in good churches. We heard uh, fiery preaching. We had copies of the Word of God. We've sung all of the hymns of the faith. We know what to do, but we're suffering this morning because we're not living out the things that we know. Now, folks, God gave us a vivid example of the people uh, in the book of Lamentations for us to see it's not enough to know it. Sooner or later, you've got to live out what you know because, folks, listen, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is mess, all right? You know the root word of ignorance is? Ignore. Ignore. America is in trouble not because we're ignorant of the truth but because we've ignored the truth. Remember the parable of the talents in Matthew 25? That one, the man with the one talent, he suffered lost. He was cast out of God's presence. Why? Not because he didn't know. As a matter of fact, he says, thou knewest. The reason he suffered lost and was cast out of the presence of God is because he didn't live by the things that he knew. Isn't that what got Jonah in trouble? Did Jonah know what direction he should go? Absolutely. You know how he knew? God told him. That's one thing I love about our God. God's not going to let you walk blindly. He wants you to know, and he's going to let you know. Matter of fact, he preserved this book for us to know exactly what he would have us to do. But the problem is, as in Jonah's case, we don't live by what we know. Now, this is the final lesson of Lamentations this morning, and it's the lesson to live. If we're going to not repeat what these people are living out in Lamentations, we're going to have to learn to live the lessons that we know. Now, folks, if we desire renewal this morning, isn't that our desire? Verse 21 what are we begging for in America today? Renew us as our days of old. I mean, look, there was a time in my life I watched Andy Griffith's show. I, I love the Andy Griffith show. I said, boy, I'd love to go back there. Uh, now, you folks who live there may tell me different, but it just seems like a wonderful time to live. I'd love to go back to that day where you could leave your doors unlocked. I'd love to go back to the day where Miley could walk to school. I mean, I'd get to sleep in a little bit longer if I didn't have to drive her to school every morning. But you know what? I'd just love to go back to 2018. Forget Andy Griffiths. It's been a rough two, three years. I'd like to go back to the days of old when we weren't worried about not having groceries on the shelves. I'd love to go back to the days of old, just 2018. We weren't worried about our world imploding, but here's the problem. At some point, if we genuinely desire renewal, we're going to have to do something about it. All right? The reason they met in catastrophe and destruction is not because they didn't know. It's because they never did anything with what they knew. Now, folks, we're destined to repeat this this morning if we don't learn this final lesson, and that's the lesson to live. You've heard my dad preach many times and quote his favorite preacher, Vance Havner. He says, you have not really learned a commandment until you've obeyed it. 
We've learned a lot of lessons out of the book of Lamentations, but have we really learned them? So how do you know? Because sooner or later, we've got to obey it. Now, I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to give you the three small points this morning. I believe we need renewal now more than we needed it in January when we started this thing. I genuinely believe that. Things were rough in 2020. Things have gotten more rough in 2021. We need renewal. But how do we live out those lessons is what we've got to see this morning. And we're going to look at this lesson to live and how we can live out what we've learned. Look at verse 21, and we'll jump right in if we could. The Bible says, Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned now, something interesting you need to see, they're admitting something, and they're acknowledging what they need simply in what they're asking God for, and it's in that word turn. Turn thou, unto, thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Now, the hard lesson of Lamentations are simply this. Watch closely. The hard lessons of Lamentations show them the catastrophe of living life their way. All right? They have done things their way. They've lived by their desires and by what they thought was right and what they thought was good. And all of the catastrophe was showing them the error of their way. And now they're asking God to turn thou us. Now, watch this. In order for us to have renewal, we've got to realize this first point this morning. Renewal requires a course correction. All right? If we're genuinely going to have renewal in our life, renewal comes when we realize the need in our life for a course correction. Do you know what they're asking God for in verse 21? They're asking God for a course correction. Now, the only way to change their consequences is to change their course. And they're telling God, God, we acknowledge we've been on the wrong course, going the wrong way, and God, we don't like the consequences of our course, and now we need to turn, and we're asking God to turn us back into his way. Now, folks, this is important today. Renewal comes when the change of consequence is what we desire so much that we're willing to change our course. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm tired of the last two years. I'm tired of it. I'm not enjoying it very much. But folks, understand we're going to have the same consequences as long as we're on the same course. God tried to show them through catastrophe and difficulty they needed a course correction. And finally, when everything is falling apart, they realize, you know what? Maybe I should make a turn in my life. Oftentimes, we get to this last two verses of our life before we realize we need to change. That's what Jonah did. We talked about Jonah on Wednesday night. Uh, do you know what Jonah finally did when he was in the belly of the well? He, he said, uncle, uncle, fine. I mean, it's sad that it took that. We talked about that Wednesday night. It's sad that it took that. But finally, Jonah says, I don't like the consequences. And therefore, he submitted to God for a change of course. Now, folks, look, I've told you before, it's not like Pinocchio. We watch Pinocchio, and Pinocchio is there in, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the whale's uh, belly, and he's just sitting around in there, taking it easy. Can you imagine in reality how bad that was? Number one, it probably stunk to high heavens. All of these fish rotting in that whale's body, and jo look, and jo don't even mention claustrophobia. All right, 
Jonah wasn't walking around in there trying to decide, should I turn to God or should I just wait a little while and maybe he'll just throw me up and I can go about doing that. No, no, he was in there. Look, I'm not claustrophobic, but I don't like tight spaces, okay? I don't. I've been under houses before, leveling them, getting ready to jack them up and, and lift them up. Oh, I don't like being... Jonah's in this spot. He's in there with all the stink of the fish and it's dark. Some of you are still afraid of the dark. Can you imagine how bad that would have been? And finally, Jonah says, the consequences have driven me to a place where I want a change of course. Now, I believe this morning that Jonah is smart, smarter than most of America. Do you know why? Because we haven't gotten tired of our consequences to submit to God that we need a change of course in our life. Now, why is that? Because one of the greatest obstacles to a course change in our life is the satisfied spirit of as is. We like to stay as is. I, got, I told uh, Brother Nate a while ago, uh, I got a call from a, a friend of mine or a text from a preacher friend of mine last night. And uh, he said, hey, praying for you and your service tomorrow. I said, thank you, I appreciate that. So I'm praying for you. He says, pray for us tomorrow in our service. That's what I will be. He says, no, seriously, just pray that everything goes well. When a preacher says that, it, it usually means something's brewing. And so I'm thinking to myself, he's going to have a church split. Or something like that. I said, well, what's going on? He says, well, tomorrow we have some new changes that we're going to introduce to our church and not sure everybody's going to like it. I'm like, oh, 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 be careful. I'm thinking, you know what? He's probably changing the color of the carpet. That's what gets it right there. Or the paint. I'm thinking, oh, I said, brother, you just proceed with caution, you know. Change doesn't come easy. Change is challenging. Why? Because we're kind of set in our ways. We like to do things the way we've always done them. And so I finally asked him, I said, look, what kind of, what kind of things you got going on tomorrow? You know, we burning hymn books? What are we doing tomorrow? You know, he, was, he sounded scared. He says, we're moving the announcements from the middle of service to the end of service. He really did. I said, Seriously? I don't even know if that was worth praying about. <laughs> Look, my prayer time's valuable, okay? I didn't know if I was going to spend some time praying about that. I said, seriously? He goes, oh, yeah. It'll probably be bad. Why? Change is challenging. Uh, by the way, I like the announcements at the end of the service. That way, you know, we don't uh, interrupt the flow of the Lord, what he wants to do in folks' heart. You know, sometimes announcements, they just kind of drop off. And I agree with him on that. But, boy, he was worried. Why? Change is challenging. Change is challenging. Why? We like to keep things as is. Do you know what the biggest problem of the church of Laodicea in Revelation? Do you know what their problem was? They said, we're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. They said, we're good as is. Now, folks, we're not going to see change in our country and change in our homes if we don't get to the place where we realize we need to be turned Things are not going the way they are in America this morning because we're heading in the right direction. Things are going the way they are in America because we need to turn back to God. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that's what it's all about. God's trying to turn his people. Now, the sad thing is we haven't learned the lessons of lamentations yet because we're not living the lessons of lamentations yet. A verse I often quote, Matthew 12, uh, 23, 37, listen closely to this. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wing. Now watch what God wants to do. God says, I wanted to gather you. God says, you're scattered about. Things are not right. I wanted to gather you under her wings. Do you know what she's doing when she gathers those chicks under her wings? It's for protection. 
You imagine how, how, how safe those little chicks feel when their mother gathers them underneath her wings and they have that protection there. Oh, they must have a, a sense of contentment. But the Bible says here, I wanted to do that and ye would not. And ye would not. Do you know what they're saying? God says, I wanted to, but you didn't want to. If we're going to see change in our country and change in our home, we've got to be willing to make the turns that God's calling us to. Why do you think God is allowing all of this calamity to come into our life? It's because he's trying to turn us. Why do you pull on the reins of a horse with that bit in their mouth? You're trying to turn it. You're trying to turn it. God's been trying to pull and pull and get us to turn, but in order for us to find renewal, we're going to have to have a course correction. I think about the thief on the cross. He waited kind of late, didn't he? He's there on the cross, and he's about to die. He's literally moments from death. And as he's on that cross, he starts reconsidering the path of life that he chose. He's up there, and he's hanging on a cross for the sins he did commit. He was rightfully hung on that cross to suffer punishment for his crimes. And as he's up there, he's starting to think to himself, you know what? Don't think I chose the right course. You find yourself hanging on a cross, unless you're Jesus, yeah, you probably didn't choose the right course there. And all of a sudden, at the last moment, I mean the last moment, he decides to make a course correction. He says, you know what? The course of my life has not gotten me to a good place but right there at that last minute, he decided to make a turn. And what did he do? He turned to Jesus, and he made the needed course correction in his life. And now he's living out the eternal consequences. Why? Because he made the right course correction. Now, folks, I beg you this morning, for the sake of the United States of America, let's make the turn, let's make the course correction so that our children could enjoy the consequences of the decisions we can make here today. But the problem is, we're not willing to turn. We are so stubborn. We're stubborn as a mule. And God's sitting back there with that ox gold. He's got that stick with that pointed poker on there. And he's popping us and popping us and popping us. And we're just not willing to turn. And that's why we're living out the consequences of 2021. Folks, we've got to make the change. We've got to make the correction. We've got to make the turn. So number one, how do we live out the lessons of lamentations? It requires a course correction. Number two, notice what they prayed for. The Bible says, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. So they're asking God to turn them. God, turn us. Now, here's the irony. The irony is they're asking for what God had begged them to do all along. They're asking God. Now, notice the words here. I want you to see exactly what they're asking for. Turn thou us. They're asking God to do for them what God begged them to do all along. Except the problem is they were not willing participants. They were not willing. They want God to do it. Now, folks, it's okay. It's a good thing when you ask God to turn. But oftentimes, here's our problem. We want God to do all the work. What does he say? Turn thou us. Number two, watch closely. If we're going to have renewal, renewal requires cooperation. Renewal requires cooperation. Now, it's wonderful this morning if you want renewal in your life and to ask God for renewal. But can I tell you something? You can't expect God to do all of the work. 
You can't say, God, I know I've gotten myself in a bind. I know we're in a mess, and I know our country's in trouble. God, would you just fix it? Would you just fix it? God, would you just turn us? God, would you just get everything back to where it needs to be? Listen, there comes a point, if you're going to have renewal in your life, and if you want God to raise up something up out of the ashes, you're going to have to cooperate with God. Do you know what got them in this mess? They refused to cooperate with God. Do you know why our homes get in a mess? We refuse to cooperate with God. Do you know why our country's in a mess? We're refusing to cooperate with God. And then we get to the end of the road, everything's falling apart, and we're like, God, fix it. But understand this. The way that we find renewal in our life and live out the lessons of lamentations is when we're willing to now cooperate and make the turns for ourselves, rather than ask God to do it. How do you know? Zechariah 1.3, remember this verse. The Bible says, therefore, say thou unto them, thus saith the Lord of hosts, turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Oftentimes, we're like, God, fix it. I remember my little girl, uh, she's kind of like her dad. She had toys as a kid that she would take apart and she would break or even get stuck in her hair. Oh, I learned that spinny toys don't work well with daughters with long hair. And she'd come to me and she'd have a Hot Wheels in her hair. You know, I thought she was trying to start a new style or something or maybe a little helicopter. And it's all tangled in there. And she just comes up and she says, Dad, can you fix it? Can you fix it? I'm like, babe, I can. And so she'll come to my office and she'll sit there and I'm trying to pull her hair out of the propellers of a plane. I have to admit it. Yes, there were times I flew the helicopter into her hair. So I didn't mind helping her with that. And I'm sitting there, and I'm pulling, and I'm tugging, and she's like, ouch, and she would pull away. I said, babe, look, Dad can help you, but I need you to help me. Sit still, sit still. And I'm sitting there pulling, and I'm sitting there trying to untangle it, you know, and she'd pull away. I'd say, bud, look, you're going to walk around with a helicopter in your hair the rest of your life if you don't sit still and let Dad help you out. Now, did I have the power to help her? Absolutely. Did I want to help her? Absolutely. But she had to do her part. Now, folks, look, we're sitting in America today. We're, we're, we're crying and we're moaning, complaining. Gas prices are high. They're, somebody told me yesterday they're running out of Oreos. Now, folks, we're going to get to the last straw here before long. At some point, we've got to take to the streets. And we start running out of Oreos. That just might be the last, the last straw on everything, okay? The Coke Zero just about pushed me over. But look, Coke Zero and out of Oreos, I don't know. I might just lose it. You might find me marching into Walmart with a sign, you know, get rid of that new Coke Zero and bring back the Oreos. And we gripe about it, we complain about it, we post about it, we, we, we march about it. But the problem is we're not willing to do our part. You say, what is our part? We've got to learn to cooperate with God. They're begging God to turn them when folks, listen, oftentimes we're not willing to turn ourselves. We're asking God to do something for us that we could definitely do for ourselves if we just, as Zechariah 1.3 says, turn ye unto me, saith the Lord, and I will turn unto you. You see, you've got to be a willing participant in your own renewal. God's not going to invade your will. God's not going to sort of march up in your home and fix your home if you're not concerned with, with, with being faithful to him. God's not going to march into your heart and straighten everything out in your heart if you don't care about being faithful to him. It's not going to happen. You've got to learn to cooperate with God. And if you're a willing participant in your renewal, I promise you God's going to do his part. He can take that broken vessel. You say, this thing is broken in America. It's broken bad. It's broken bad. Aren't you glad, as we mentioned a moment ago, 
our God can put together the broken pieces. See, my home is broken bad. God can put together the broken pieces. So my heart is broken bad. God can put together the broken pieces. But you've got to be a willing participant. Now, folks, look. We come down to an altar and we pray and we're asking God to turn us. Turn thou us. And we want God to turn us. And that's great. But are you willing to do what is required of you in order that God might turn things around in your life? Prime example is Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 3, we see the burning bush. Moses is out uh, doing his thing with the sheep there, marching them on the backside of the wilderness. Comes along and there's this bush that is burning, but it's not consumed. Wonderful, wonderful example of what we need to do this morning. So Moses sees the bush burning, and what did he say? Verse 2 or verse 3. I will turn aside and see this great sight. This bush is burning, but it's not consumed. You can't miss this today. He says, I will turn. I will turn. He said, well, it's just a play on words. Oh, no, it's not. Listen, if you will, to verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him. What was God waiting on? He was waiting on him to turn. He was waiting on him to turn. Sitting back in my office this morning, praying about the message, asking God to do beyond what I can do with it. And I was wondering to myself at Central Baptist Church and all those that might be here today, I wonder what God is waiting on you to do before he does what he wants to do. I don't know. Thank God I don't know what's going on in your heart, okay? I see enough on Facebook. I don't want to know what's going on in your heart, okay? I don't know what it is, but I believe each and every one of us this morning have a turn that we need to make that's going to trigger God doing what only God can do. And when he saw, what did it say? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called out of the midst of the bush, I wonder what God is waiting to tell us. Have you been waiting to hear something from God? Have you been praying about something? Well, I just need to know what God wants me to do. I just need to hear God clearly. I, I need to know what to do with my family and my home, about my job. We've got so many questions in the world today. And God, I just need to hear from you. He says, I'm waiting for you to turn. God says, I've already told you there's a turn that you need to make, and you need to take that step. And when you make that turn, God says, okay, when I see you turn, then you're going to hear me speak. But here's the problem. We want God to speak, but we don't want to turn. God, I need you to speak. God, I need you to work. God, I need you to show. And God says, no, I'm waiting on you. And the sad thing is, oh, God wants to help us, but we're fighting him in our disobedience. Have you ever bathed the cat? Those of you who are laughing have. I don't have a cat. I'm not against them, okay? So if you're a cat person, I'm not against you. I just don't have them, okay? Years ago, we had a cat named Bob. We like to give professional names to our pets. You know, Spot is so demeaning for a dog. Come on, give him a man's name. This is America. We had a cat named Bob. He was named Bob because he had no tail, I thought that was a fitting name for a cat with no tail. He was Bob Tail, so we called him Bob. Our Billy Goat's name was Billy, okay? We just like to keep it real in our household. One day in the house, we heard this. Went out there and looked, couldn't see anything. But boy, we could smell something. Bob had gotten in a fight with a skunk under our house. Now, I'm thankful for a cat that's man enough to fight a skunk, you know. Your cat probably would have run off. I had a manly American cat. He's willing to put up a fight. He's fending our house off from the skunk, and 
is when I lived at home and Dad got that cat out, and man, that cat just stunk, and he sat on the back porch. That smell just comes through your walls. If you ever smell one up close, it's different than the highway. It just goes up in your nose, and it sticks to your nose hairs, and then for the next three or four weeks, you just smell. It's for real, okay, folks? Let's just keep it real this morning. It's a real fact. So my dad decided he was going to wash that cat, wash that off. If a social worker had walked up to our house at that point, we probably would have been arrested the noise coming out of that bathroom. There was at one point, he went from the shrill meows to this moaning noise. You'd have thought we were strangling this cat in the sink. And he's clawing at the porcelain sink, trying to get, he looks like a wet rat. It was pitiful because he had a little stub for a tail, you know, and it just was hanging there. He's trying to climb out of the sink. It was just horrible. And I thought to myself, you dumb cat, you stink. And we're trying to help you. Dad called. It took three of us, me, my dad, and my brother, to watch that cat. And we're trying to help him because he stinks, but he didn't want the help. He just wanted to get out. Finally, we got him as clean as we could. We turned him loose. Out the door he went. He still stunk. Now, folks, look. All of us can be a bob every once in a while. Our life stinks because we've been tangling with something we shouldn't have been tangling with. Our home stinks. Our life, our testimony stinks. And everybody knows that it stinks. You know that it stinks. There's no way that cat, unless he had nose problems, didn't know he stunk. And we're trying to help him, but he didn't want help. And that's the way we are. We're just like Bob. We come to church to get out. Man, it's 12.04 right now. Some of you are like, come on, brother, shut it down. And you're going to go out of here and your life's going to stink. Your heart's going to stink. Our nation's going to stink. Why? Because we don't want to do what it's required of us in order to let God help us. Hey, why don't you sit still for a little while and let God clean you up because he's the only one can clean you up, but you've got to hold still long enough. We come to church to get out. It's like college. My Western Civ professor told me when we were in college, she says college is the only thing you pay for that you don't want. Pay all of that money and you're ready to get out and go home. Folks, look, quit complaining about how bad America stinks if we're not willing to sit still long enough for God to clean us up. We've got to get to the place where we're willing to cooperate with God. That's what renewal is going to require of us. Old Bob didn't get cleaned up. Do you know why? He wasn't willing to cooperate. Finally, just turned him, fine, fine. You want to stink and not get a girlfriend? Fine. You go on out there and let the rest of your life stink. And folks, a lot of us this morning are going to do the very same thing. Our life stinks. Our home stinks. Our marriage stinks. It's just not what it ought to be simply because we're not willing to cooperate with God. You can't sit here this morning and read verse 21. Turn thou us. Lord, turn us. No, God says, why don't you turn first? What does Zechariah say? Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Folks, we've got to do our part. I wonder what it is. What is the turn for you this morning? What turn is God waiting for you to make? He's sitting up there in heaven. He's watching. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And we're praying, and we're praying, and we're praying when we should be turning, turning, turning. What's the turn? What's the turn this morning? Is it salvation? 
He said, well, I'm just trying to, I want to hear from God. What do I need to do? Maybe this morning you just need to get saved. And he's knocked on your heart's door, and he's begged you to get saved. He's called you to come, and you just refuse to make that turn. Don't expect to hear from God if you're not willing to make that turn and turn to him for salvation. Maybe you're saved this morning, and you haven't been baptized. God says, make that turn. Make that turn. He's like, no, God, I just need you to help our country, help my children, help my family. God says, make the turn first. And when he saw Moses turn, then he spoke to him out of the burning bush. Maybe this morning it's service. Maybe it's church membership. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's tithing this morning. Maybe it's repenting this morning. Whatever it is that God has made known, you better make the turn in order to hear from God or else you're not going to get much cooperation from him. I was at Walmart, coming out of Walmart, and every once in a while I'll see one of the, the folks there who's hard on their, their luck, and they have a sign, and I need food, and, I, and I'm more than willing to help. Uh, oftentimes we will stop. I'll go uh, at Sam's. They have those huge pieces of pizza, you know, so I'll go buy them some pizza. They're hungry. I'll go buy them some pizza. I mean, hey, uh, I'm not homeless, and I enjoy eating pizza, so surely somebody who is homeless probably would enjoy eating. So I get them, get them some pizza the other day and came back by, and I'm not mistaken, it was the very same man a week later. He's sitting there on the corner. But this time, not only is he sitting on the corner, he's holding up the sign with one hand and scrolling on his smartphone on the other. Now that I wear glasses, I get to do that. <laughs> There's something intimidating about that because some of you have done it to me before. You do it sometimes while I'm preaching. You know? it's kind of, so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wait a minute, here he is holding the sign, help, need food, Look, not running him down, not running him down. But he's been sitting there a week, and somewhere between last week and this week, he's gone from nothing to a smartphone. You know, I don't know if you know this, but those things have bills that come with them. And man, they're kind of important that you pay those. So somewhere he's found money for a phone, but he hadn't found money for food. I was less inclined to help. Do you know why? He's not doing his part. Say, man, I don't mind helping you. I don't mind giving you the pizza from Sam's. I don't mind giving you what you need. But wait a minute now. Something's bad wrong here. When you got time for this, but you don't have time for food. Now, folks, that's our God looking at us. We're holding up this sign, God help America. God help America. God fix America. Turn thou us. Turn us, God. Fix us, God. And yet we're sitting here preoccupied with things that have taken the place of God. God says, no, until you make the turn in your life, in your heart, your home, and your church, don't expect me to act for you. Now, folks, that sounds a little bit harsh because most of the God you hear about preached today is God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. God wants you to be holy and right with him, and he'll take care of the wealth. God says, I'll take care of the prosperity. You just make sure you take care of the righteousness, and until you make that turn, guess what? God's not going to cooperate and help us with what we're going through. That's why verse 24 or verse 21 it says, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, but they've got to learn to cooperate with him. Number two, you want to have renewal this morning, you've got to learn to cooperate with God. Finally, the Bible says, turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. Watch verse 22. But thou hast utterly rejected us. Thou art very wroth against us. Now, be honest, verse 22 is not one I like to end on. I'd like to end on verse 21, but verse 22 is there. We need to go with it. Notice they desired renewal, but now they've waited too late. Why? It says, thou hast utterly rejected us. Thou art very wroth against us. Now, here's what's happening in verse 22. They're reaping the rejection they sowed. They rejected God. 
No, God's rejecting them. Be not deceived. Listen to me this morning. God's not mocked. For what we sow, we're going to reap. They rejected God, and now they're reaping the rejection from God. Now, let me tell you this. Just because God can renew your life, I'm so thankful he can. I don't know what shape you're in today, your home, your heart. I don't know. But whatever shape you're in this morning, God can renew that. And God has the power to do that. Here's the problem. He's not going to wait forever to do it. You know, let me give you the third thing and we'll, we'll close. There comes a point in your life where you've got to stop and consider the offer God's making you. God says, I can renew you. I'm trying to turn you. But you better stop to consider it before it's too late. And that's the third thing I want you to see. How do you live the lessons of lamentations? It requires our consideration. At some point, you've got to consider what you need to do. Now, here's what's interesting. Oftentimes, when we know something's available, we're not in a rush to get it, are we? Prime example. Yesterday, I was going to the store to get some marshmallows uh, because it's cold weather. Oh, this feel great. You want to roast a marshmallow? And got this wonderful fire pit last year, so we're going to roast these marshmallows on there. So I went to Dollar General to get some. My wife says, while you're gone, would you pick up some tissue and pick up some other stuff, Coke Zeros or something? Not Coke Zeros, Diet Dr. Pepper. I go in there, and I'm walking down the tissue aisle, and it's empty, gone, none, not even the cheapo stuff. It's all empty, and I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh. I didn't know we were going through another toilet paper shortage. You know, I didn't get that, uh, you know, look, hey, that's something worth posting on Facebook, okay? If we're going through something like that or a shortage of Oreos, please let me know so I can get out there and go shopping. I had no rush to go get toilet paper, the last few days because I thought it was readily available. Well, all of a sudden, I walk up to the shelves, and the shelves are empty. Now I'm like, uh-oh, let's go into the hunt. You know, I'm a man. You kill it, drag it back to the cave. So I'm going to go find some for my family. So I go driving up down Elks Lake Road and went to the other Dollar General. I walk in, and I spotted two cases that were there. Loaded up my buggy. If you went there yesterday and there was none, I got the last. <laughs> Sorry. I'll share with you. I'll share with you because I had to get one of the cheapo stuff. So I'll give you some of that cheapo stuff, but not the Scott. You know, that's the good stuff. I put it in the buggy. I was in a rush. Why? Because I realized it may not be available. I told my wife when I got home. She says, where are you at? And I says, I'm at the other Dollar General. Why? I said, I'm just picking up some stuff. She says, I hope you're not coming home with a lot of groceries because when I go shopping, I go shopping. I said, honey, I says, under the Biden administration, we have a new policy. Get it when you see it. <laughs> From now on, if I see Oreos, you, you better get there before I do. Why? I want to get it when I see it. But here's what happens. We think, you know what? God can renew us. It's readily available, so I'm not going to worry about it right now. And then you look up one day. And God's shelves of renewal are empty. Why? Because you've waited too long. And now he has utterly rejected us, and he's very wroth with us. You see, they came to the right conclusion. Lord, we need renewal. And God, we need to cooperate with you. But they waited too late to consider. My dad used to tell me when I was a kid, you know, dad was big about punctuality when we were working. And he used to use the term I'm sure many of you have used before, day late and a dollar short. You ever heard that, day late and a dollar short? You know, oftentimes as Christians, you know what we are? We're a day late and we're a decision short. We're a day late and we're a decision short. We know what we need to do. 
We're almost ready to do it, but we procrastinate and we end up, verse 22, rejected of God because we waited too late. Prime example of that, I'll give you this and we'll close, is the rich man. The rich man had a need in his life. He needed to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal savior, but he was too busy with his money and his wealth and all that he had to consider God. Finally, he dies. The Bible says, not in purgatory, but in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. Sounds real, because it is real. Here's what's amazing. When you read Matthew 25, or when you read, the, read the, the account of the rich man, the Bible says that he asked God for a drop of water. Would you just give me a drop of water? Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. What's amazing is when you hear all the things the rich man says in hell, all of a sudden his priorities are aligned correctly. He's not worried about money. He's worried about water. Why? Because that's what matters now. And then he says, my brothers, they don't know. Would you send someone to talk to my brothers? Now he's concerned about lost people. Now he's concerned about talking with God. Oh, everything's aligned. Here's the problem. He's waited too late. Now he's considering others. Now he's considering talking to God. Now he's considering what's a priority in his life. The problem is it's too late. And he's now rejected of God. And it's too late to consider God. Now, folks, God has given us the book of Lamentations. And it's full of lessons. It's full of lessons. We've gone through a lot of them on Wednesday nights. But here's the problem. Have we learned them? Have we learned them? You say, well, yeah, we learned about the lesson of lowliness and loneliness and loss and limitate. We learned all of those lessons. Have we learned them enough to live them? Because if we're not living them, we haven't learned them. Ecclesiastes 7.14, the Bible says, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. I don't have to tell you we're not living in a day of prosperity anymore. We're living in a day of adversity. Why does it say that? In the day of prosperity, look, rejoice. When things start getting rough, you need to pause and consider. Could I ask you this morning to consider what God's trying to say in the adversity? God's trying to tell us this morning, we've got to learn to cooperate with him, reconsider our course, and get to the place where nothing else matters than to get back to where God's been trying to lead us through the adversity. So here's the questions I'm closing with. This morning, do you need to make a course correction? Do you need to be turned? Is there a turn you know you need to make this morning? Is there a turn? He said, well, what is it? I don't know. The Holy Spirit's going to let you know. Is there a turn that you need to make this morning? He said, well, I, I want to hear from God and let them know. For, no, no, if you know the turn, you need to make the turn, and then you'll hear from God. Number two, this morning, is it time that you learn to cooperate with God? Instead of asking God to turn you, why don't you do your part and make the turns he's already told you about? And then finally, are you willing this morning to consider what God's trying to say before it's too late. If you're lost here today and you've never trusted Christ, you're not sure that heaven's your home, I beg you, consider the offer that's been made to you. So well, I'll get saved later. You may not have a later. God's people didn't get a later. The rich man didn't get a later. 
He didn't consider it while he had the opportunity. And if you're lost here today or not sure that you're saved, I beg you to come this morning, consider what God's trying to offer. Why? Oh, that you could find real renewal. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our pianist is going to come. The final lesson of Lamentations is simple. It's the lesson to live. We've got to live what we've learned. Oh, we've learned a lot the last two years. Are we ready to live it? Are we ready this morning to make a course correction? Is there a change this morning you need to make and you know what it is? Maybe this morning you've been waiting on God to turn you and God's waiting on you to make the turn yourself. Maybe this morning God's just waiting on you to consider what he's offered you. Heavenly Father, thank you for...